Hey, Cam. Yes, Don. Do you ever think about how crammed your trailer is when you go race? Dude, all the time. Race cars, golf carts, jets, power wheels, and all of his toys, his little dirt bikes, his strider bikes, all that stuff. I'm crammed. But I'm sure everybody in motorsports is feeling the same way. Well, now our audience has someone to call. They need to call Lance at lbtrailers.com. Lance is carrying over 70 motorsports haulers in stock options from top to bottom. We always talk about looking the part in motorsports, traveling up and down the road and at the track. Now you can look the part with LB Trailer Sales. Go to online to lbtrailers.com or stop by Facebook at LB Trailer Sales. You have a friend in the trailer business and make sure to tell them that Racers and Rental Cars sent you. Let's put it up for the weekend warriors. It's the Racers and Rental Cars podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can't ignore you. Put it up for the weekend warriors. Thank you for downloading today's episode of the Racers and Rental Cars podcast, brought to you in part by MotionRaceworks.com. Stop by Motion Raceworks for all your high-performance needs. If you need to go fast, visit MotionRaceworks.com today. What's up, West Coast Cam? Nothing, man. Just uh, celebrating Canada Day over here. Happy Canada Day to you, Don. Before I even get off on a tangent on Canada Day, here we go. (laughs) Welcome to this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to be talking to Ryan Berry. Senior managing partner from Stuart Haas Racing on partnership. We did social media the last three weeks. Now you've got sponsors, you got partners. Now we got to know how to manage them. But before we get into that, Cam, dude, I hurt my shoulder Sunday in the shop, and you will not guess what the first thing I went in the house and grabbed was. I'm willing to bet some CBDMB. Dude, they sent that Because if you didn't, you're an idiot. Oh, my wife's been using it on her knees with her, with her MS and cancer, and she's been struggling with her joints. And I went in, and I was hurting, and I was whining like a schoolgirl in fourth grade. And she's like, why don't you rub something Standard. on it? And listen up. Here it went. I rubbed it in the elbow up to my shoulder. Dude, another product that's going to get five stars from me. CBD I keep telling you, I keep telling you week after week. That's what I use on my wrist. That's all jacked up, and between that and the gummies, dude, I'm, I'm styling and profiling. Dude, I That's am safe. like three dose. I'm three doses away from having to get a new order of the, the CBD MD gummies with vitamin C. I try to, you know, I'm telling you right now. Again, it's like anything else. R I R C at the CBD MD dot com get yourself a huge discount try it i promise you this is not like anything else that you've been taking it's quality stuff i we're all race car drivers you don't have to worry about thc all you got to do pop it in give yourself a break my wife's still on the melatonin at night she's loving that helping her sleep through the evening so again you got a loved one or maybe it's just you don't be a sally Go to cbdmd.com, R-I-R-C, and get your 
spill from those folks. Hey, and a fat 25% off is, is pretty badass. So, well, I mean, dude, seriously, how can you not try it for 25% off? I'm just asking. Just saying. Dude, now let's get back to your Canada Day. All right. What about it? Today's a national I'm holiday not... in my household. Look, just Cameron, you Canadian? Four... My wife. Yeah. Yeah, here, here we go. That's right. Ryan, listen, this is a normal thing. Cam's wife is four foot nothing. Okay? <laughs> so she can be from Canada, Spain, Puerto Rico. It, she could be from any country, right? Because there is no way she's tall enough to be from America. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Huh? I don't know. She was she was uh throwing the uh the Canada pride out pretty heavily today on social media. I don't know, I'm sure you saw, but yeah, she was she was waving the flag today. So but and, and she's the only... in the process of see the what's funny is I was gonna give her some shit because she's in the process of getting her American citizenship. So um, I was gonna say like, babe, what do you what are you gonna do when when you're certified American? Because then then do you even celebrate Canada Day? If I said that, oh man, she'd lose her mind. She is she's she bleeds Canada. She bleeds maple syrup actually. Dude, you were right there with me. That's exactly where I was going. I was going to the, whoa, 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 let me cut and splice this segment of the show and send it to immigration. Are you kidding me? You're doing your American citizenship, and you're over here celebrating Canada Day. As the McKenzie brothers would say, take off, hoser. <laughs> yeah, no, she she probably started her day off at 4.30 this morning uh, with a little extra shot of uh, maple syrup. Pretty sure. I was sleeping, but in Jet's crib, might I add, because he will not sleep during the night, so I had to sleep in his crib to get him to sleep. Well, so, again, dad life, two, at his finest. Two weeks in a row, I still don't understand why you're moving houses, because you and Angie and Jet, all three are the same size, and you can sleep in the crib <laughs> all three together. I don't understand what your infatuation with having to have another bedroom is. Two more bedrooms. But yeah, hey, you never know. You never know. We may need them one day. Same. Oh, well, look, OK. All right. For let's say another year for Angie to get her citizenship. Angie, <laughs> happy Canada Day to your four foot nothing tail. But if you better be, I, if I don't hear you celebrating Independence Day this weekend I, on your Instagram and blowing that up, we're going to have some serious issues next week. Next oh, she will. She will. She's pro-America, too. Yeah. Okay. All She's all about that dual citizen life. Dual citizen's life. Look, be proud of where you're from. Don't be hating on me. And I'm not hating on the Canucks because, <laughs> hey, not doing it. Love them all. As long as, long as you're not shooting at me, we're good. All Dude, all, they're Care Bears up there, man. There's no such thing as shooting. All they do is hug. That's all they know how to do. And they're all probably hating life right now and severely medicated because they can't hug anybody with COVID-19. Just saying. True story. True story. Absolutely. Dude, I am really excited about this week's guest. Yeah. No, you, I, I will hand it to you. You, uh, you dug pretty deep and got yourself a good one this week. I'm impressed. Look, look I, and again, and now the, the, so I don't know what episode it is, but we talked about the programming of LinkedIn and social media and doing your research to find people that you want to connect with, right? And so, I don't know, episode 10, 12, whatever it was, like a year ago. Nonetheless, 
I'm I'm digging in and I I'm honing in on a company that I want to talk to. I want to talk to somebody in this group because they are significant. And if you're going to improve your program, just like we've had social media experts on the past few weeks in the shows, we we want to make sure that we're getting good information. And so I'm sitting here and I'm taking my own medicine. I'm going through LinkedIn. I'm looking through who I can connect with. And lo and behold, I get to connect with somebody that's got vice president in their title. They give me the time of day. And I was going to say, I'm just glad that they responded to your email and not just considering you some fanboy that uh, is in love with, with the company and who, they, who their drivers are. Right? I mean, seriously. I mean, <laughs> come on. I always put, you know, U.S. Army, R-E-T, comma, M-B-A in my signature block. I hope that some of those acronyms actually get me somewhere someday. Because, I mean, 23 years in the Army, it just gives me a retirement check every year. And I'm very thankful, or every month, and I'm very thankful for that. But I hope that MBA and U.S. Army R.E.T., I, you know, maybe somebody felt like the need to help me. Maybe that's what it was. There but, you go. We'll bring them in. Tell, tell, let's t- do tell. Do tell. Everyone's excited. They're well, sitting here on the edge of their seat. Ed, you're the only one on the edge of the seat because you're four foot. Anyway. Uh, this is true. I can't reach the ground. So <laughs> I got to sit on the edge. Only person that has to remodel his bathroom so the toilet's lower. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, Cam. All right, folks. Like we said at the top of the show, Ryan Berry from Stuart Haas Racing. Ryan, are you there, sir? Yes, sir. I'm here. Welcome to the shit show. Well, hey, thanks for having me on. I'm I'm listening to you guys here at the very beginning. I think we're uh, in good shape. I'm in good company. We're talking Canadians and uh, U.S. Army. My dad's Canadian, and my cousin Joe just finished his senior year as a pitcher on the West Point baseball team. Boom. There you go. Oh, my God. (laughs) I got more more Canucks around me. What in the world? Now you're you're, uh, outnumbered there, Don. I'm outnumbered. I'm outnumbered. Well, Ryan, I'm not officially you. Canadian, but well, neither am I. So. Neither am I. So, <laughs> but you know, I like to I like to say that I'm maybe one day I'll be half Canadian. So, yeah, Canadians one like day? East Detroit. <laughs> I am <laughs> East Detroit. I like that. I'm gonna have to use that with my NGK folks. <laughs> You're half Canadian, Cam. Shut up. Get out of here. Anyway. One day. One day. You keep messing around, we're going to send your ass to, to another country right out of California. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Well, Ryan, thanks for taking time out, coming on the show. Uh, you know how the marketing goes. Everybody gets a 30-second elevator pitch. You throw yours. Tell our audience all about Ryan Barry. Sure. So uh, I, I'm, uh, I've been at Stuart Haas Racing now, uh, actually in my current position for about a year and a half. I lead a group of Currently about, man, it's probably about 25 people between events, show cars, brand marketing, um, licensing, merchandising, uh, everything that kind of, anything that our partners, when they come in after they become partners, they kind of go through my my system. Yeah, so Stuart Haas Racing, for anyone out there that's listening, if you're listening to a racing podcast, you probably have a pretty good idea who we are. So Stuart Haas Racing has, you know, four cup teams, an Xfinity team uh in a big shop in north carolina but as part of that we also have some really big partners that come in and we work with on a regular basis whether it's you know exxon mobile one of the biggest companies in the world and Heiser bush so when they join stewart haas racing and come on and be a partner of one of our cars 
my job is to work with those partners to figure out how to extract the most value from whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. And every partner that we have has a little bit different agenda in terms of what they're trying to accomplish. So it's up to us to be able to figure that out and, and, you know, give them the return on investment that they're doing to spend these big dollars to go racing with us. Uh, so between the Xfinity car, the poor cup cars, then we also have a licensing uh, and merchandise group, online sales. Uh, we have, you know, an events department, all that stuff kind of funnels through uh, the work that I do. That's pretty, I, I like that elevator pitch because see, I'm going to start with everybody that's listening out there. They always ask me, I, I actually, I got a call this week. Hey, what do I, how do I get a sponsor? What do I do? What do I do? Well, if you're on the NASCAR level, like, like he is, look at how he just said he manages 25 people and they have a full department for things that they do for the sponsor, not just bad mouthing somebody on Facebook or anything <laughs> like that. They're actually doing things that uh, are for the, you know, they're spending big dollars, like he said. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to dive in to, to hear more about that. I mean, we can talk more on a regional level uh, a little bit for some of the listeners as well, but. Um, yeah, that when they're spending millions of dollars to do this kind of stuff, guys, like there is a full on army that is behind this stuff that actually uh, it takes to make it go around, which is really cool. And, you know, like what did you say you you did um, e- e-sports? Uh, what was the other one? Show cars? I mean, I can only imagine what your show car program is like. Good Lord. Like just that is probably just insane for instance we have two full-time show car drivers that that travel the country you know like smithfield for instance has a show car program they go to you know grocery stores throughout the country Haas automation uses show cars for a couple different things uh we have you know all kinds of partners that use them all the time but we have two full-time drivers that do it we they also kind of maintain the cars as well um you know right now in the covid world that we're in uh i think we were kind of in a in a weird position there where we have you know a couple partners that had you know 100 or some more show car appearances on the books that now have been altered a little bit um but we typically i mean that's a big part of what we do and how we do it um you know when it gives our 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 sponsors a touch point it gives people a reason to bring their program into a, a grocery store or a c store uh, in order to add value and a touch point to whatever they're doing and, and draw attention to whatever brand it is when people are walking in or walking out. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, and, you know, we have a fleet. I want to say our, our show car fleet is probably, I don't know right off the top of my head because I don't have the numbers in front of me and I'm relatively new to that portion of it, but uh, I think we have about six or seven cars that are are rotated on a pretty regular basis. Um you know, and that goes to, you know, some of those cars go to production shoots. Some of those are used for like when you, you do the burnouts on Broadway in Nashville for the awards banquet. Um, you know, uh, when we go to do the victory, victory burnout parade in, in Las, uh, Las Vegas uh, earlier in the year. So those cars are used for a ton of different things. Um, we don't use our production cars that, that are actually on the racetrack for like a lot of our photo shoots. So those cars are just constantly being used. And when they're not being used, we use them ourselves in our lobby uh, to show people who walk into our building, hey, this is this is who we are. And this is this is our, you know, an example of, of what you're seeing right behind you, behind the big glass window that everybody else is, you know, trying to get a peek of. You bring them right out front so people get a, a, a chance to see that stuff. And I would I would say, like, you know, those are it's a huge asset for us and we've used it for years and years and years and years and years. Um, you know, that's kind of a, a part of NASCAR that's been there for so long. Uh, we also have this year and talk about weird timing, right? 
So our show car group actually just built two racing simulators. Uh, oh, wow. One, they're on wheels uh, that we can take places. If you're doing a lead gen event and you were to go to a trade show, for instance, you have to sit down, try it out on iRacing with a Fanatec wheel and all this other kind of stuff. So you can get an idea and a feel for what it is that we're doing and how we can integrate partners into it. But you can also use it as like a data capturing. So if you're going to sit down and try one of our simulators, hey, punch it, punch in your information here. Next thing you know, we got a list of people to follow up with. Uh, and that kind of worked into our show car realm as well. Um, and one of the, you know, one of the young kids on our team, one of the young guys on our team who just got out of college came to us a year ago and said, hey, this is 100 percent something I want to try and build and do. And I have the ability to do it. We have some fabricators back there. Let's see if we can build these these sim rigs. So we did. And then when everything got shut down, we had two sim rigs sitting there for two of our drivers who aren't typically iRacing guys that got to go compete in the Pro Invitational Series because we just wheeled them into their house. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So there you go, everybody that, that is worried about having to go to that one or two car show uh, for your sponsor a year. Look at look at what Stuart Haas is doing, man. Like they are, I mean, yes, we're talking millions upon millions of dollars here, but this is just a fraction of what these guys do, you know, outside of the actual racing you know a lot of people they listen to the show they they always ask all the questions what goes on behind the scenes with you know all this stuff and why why do we have to do this why is it so important but i mean just just in what you said just on your show car program how important all that is and like i said that has nothing to even do with what's going on on the track so that is really cool to hear to hear about that because we've never really talked about show car stuff on the show so that was really cool yeah, and we have events and hospitality teams too, right? So, like, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that, like that was just a, just a fraction of what was going on. Yeah, plus, well, and these are these are new areas in my realm that I'm getting used to because you know I, I'm told you guys prior to joining that I'm a former PR guy, so I'm learning a lot of the marketing stuff kind of on the fly as I go. But uh, you know, being around the sport for a long time, you always see the people that are walking around giving garage tours, that are hosting suites, that are doing. Um, you know, when you're at the racetrack, giving your, your guests, whoever's there, the greatest experience that they can have. And whether it's mean greets with the drivers or hauler tours or garage tours or, you know, putting them up on a pit box or, you know, explaining what it is we do and how we do it. Because honestly, when most people come to a racetrack for the first time and they walk into a NASCAR event or a venue, nobody has any idea the amount of complexity that goes into what we do. And so you really have to kind of be that you know, if you're into hiking or if you're into exploring, whatever it is, you always kind of have that guide that takes you through and shows you what it is. Well, we need to be that for a lot of people, too, because, you know, quite frankly, there's a ton of people in corporate America that realize that NASCAR is a great place to spend their money because it's going to get a ton of exposure. But they've never really been exposed to it <laughs> sometimes in their own world. So you yeah. need to teach and educate people just as much as anything else. And so we have another group of, you know, we two full time people that are dedicated to like hospitality, VIP programs and all of that kind of stuff. Now, they're also in a little bit different world right now because, you know, large scale events are not something that's real high, high priority list right now for most people to go attend. So we've had to reimagine how you do a lot of that stuff. So, you know, Zoom calls or Skype calls that you guys were on right now has become a way to do a meet and greet similar to what we do at a track. We just had our, fan, our first group of fans back to a track in Talladega a week ago, and they're stuck in a suite for four hours. And you're like, all right, well, how do we give them something to do in the four hours that they're sitting up there doing nothing while they're waiting for a race at Talladega to go on? So like Cole Custer is doing a FaceTime call essentially up to a suite from his motorhome because they can't go down and see him because he can't risk the exposure because that would shut the program down. And doing stuff like that and, and figuring out different ways to just get in front of people and do things differently um you know we've 
played around in, in esports. By the way, I, I told you guys I was watching esports while we were getting ready to do this. My guy just won, so I'm super nice. pumped. I got a, yeah. I got an instant messenger that Matthew Selby won in his Ford Performance Racing School F-150 at Eldora uh, as an esports <laughs> race. So I'm, I'm super pumped about that. Uh, awesome. But we the esports stuff actually, you know. We got into it at the very last minute this year in terms of iRacing and, and, and NASCAR Heat 704 and all these other platforms and our partners are all involved in those as well, which is super cool. But one of the things that we learned was is in this world that we live in now was uh, how do we take something that we learned on Twitch, which is how do we broadcast for ourselves and, and how do we communicate through the chat function of that? And then how do we build sponsored graphics that go around a Twitch feed for people to pay attention to? And then how do we take that Twitch feed and restream it over our social channels? And how do we restream it to LinkedIn? So if you watched our esports race last night, we had an in-car camera on our LinkedIn thing. Um, and I know Don talked about LinkedIn earlier. Our LinkedIn presence was non-existent until January 1st of this year, where that became one of my jobs is to post something once a day to see what, what people like and what they don't like. So you take these small little slivers of information and say, all right, you know, we have 1,400, followers on Twitch, but we've figured out how to reach a half a million people through all of our other social channels through just the technology that we had to utilize in order to be on that platform. Yeah, and now you've just, everybody that's listening, their minds just exploded. They just, <laughs> it, the, the bandwidth just blew up of all of our regional racers. They just blew up all, all of it. <laughs> So I, I want to jump back before we jump forward. I am here to tell you right now, I don't know that there would be anything cooler than being the vice president or the CMO of a company that, I, that Stuart Haas is trying to sign. And I'm coming to Stuart Haas Racing to have a meeting to sign a contract. And I see a car that's got my graphics on it, my logo, sitting in the foyer, in the walkway as I'm entering into the building based on the sh off the show car program of what this is what I could look like next year on the racetrack. If that doesn't get it for you, I'm going, I mean, that, I mean, I'd probably be signing, <laughs> che I, I'd be signing checks by, by, they'd be ma made by Mickey Thompson because they'd be rubber. That'd just be, uh, <laughs> that's, that is, that is an aspect of, of motorsports and marketing that I grasped at a very young age. Uh, I tell the story that one of my best, my first sponsors was a, like a gas station type deal where it was a convenience store and I was like the circus clown. And I went to that gas station and unloaded my hoopty dragster at that time <laughs> for, for kids to come by and sit inside the car and the you know i got like a gas car i mean, not gas card but i got so much gas or you know i come by there before i leave to go to a race and get money out of the you know food out of the grocery store but it, that's what you know and it's like you do those things to to understand the value aspect of being able to continue to race or be able to accomplish something and having a show car program and having touch points and when you're not on the racetrack Monday through Thursday, and you can have a Smithfield uh, car in the Meyer parking lot, you know, on a Thursday afternoon while everybody's going grocery shopping or whatever the case may be. All of those things are going to provide value that allow you to have commas and zeros applied to that contract so that you can continue to do what you want to do or need to do on the racetrack. 
Oh, 100 percent. Every little bit of things that we do, I, you know, I, I have been in this marketing role now for about a year and a half. But, you know, and, and we work with some of the biggest companies in the world, but we also work with some that are up and coming companies and are doing different things. And, you know, some are more regional than others. But one of the things that I think is the coolest about all of this stuff is as you're going through this, you figure out what those touch points are and you figure out how to be everything to everybody to a certain degree. And, you know, it, it all depends, you know. I, I talked about ExxonMobil a while ago and Anheuser-Busch, and those guys got more agencies than than most, you know, most other companies in the world in terms of people working on their programs. But we also had companies last year that we worked with, and, and some that are still right now, that you know were super up and coming, new to the to the world, um, had just gone through a, a significant change, but were making good money, and we're like, hey, we're going to try and step it up to the next level. And so we were putting on sweepstakes for folks. We were doing lead gen programs for folks. We were doing like we became as much of an in-house agency as you could. Whether we're you know doing video production for them, we're doing photography for them, doing lighting, doing audio reads. Uh, you know, we literally try and become a one-stop shop if we can for everyone that we can. Now it's not for everybody. Like I said, there's a lot of people out there that that use way more brain power than I can give, and they're gonna you know have agency upon agency and, and they have the, the funds to do that. Not everybody does. Um, and so being being smart about what you're doing, figuring out how to do it, and you may not know how to do it, but a little bit of research will take you a long way. Um, I'll be honest, there was last year at one point where, you know, working at Agency Worlds in the past, I'd done sweepstakes, but I'd never actually gone through and done it 100% soup to nuts myself. And to be able to figure that out and go through the process, and it doesn't take that long. It's not that hard. You just got to do the research and, and and go do it. And once you do this stuff a couple of times, uh, it it becomes part of your part of your arsenal of, of tools that you can use and you can bring to another partner and say, hey, by the way, we can help you with this, 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 this. And next thing you know, you're about as all encompassing as it comes. And that's what we try and do. And, you know. It's not without failure. <laughs> Everybody fails every once in a while. Of course. Uh, Absolutely. That's how you, you learn. But if you, yeah, it, you know, Eric's experimentation is everything. And kind of what I was talking about on the Twitch stuff, if, if you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't know what questions to ask, you don't know what might come out of it. And one small thing here might take you in a whole different direction that could blow up somewhere else later on down the line. Yeah. So. There's a yeah. lot of people going Twitch, Twitch. They're Googling. They're listening to this right now. <laughs> Twitch. What is that was Twitch? me. Not that long ago. <laughs> Yeah, no, and and that's and there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's just, you know, the like you said, the more the more uh, tools you have in your tool bag or you know tool belt or whatever, like it's it's gonna help. And you know, especially this day and age with so many outlets and revenue streams that you can give to your partners or whatever, somebody is already on Twitch or somebody is already on Instagram or Facebook that you're competing against. That TikTok. people forget. Yeah, TikTok. Yeah, people forget about all these things that. You know, hey, you know, oh, I sent my proposal to, you know, Dave's hardware store on the corner. Well, five other people probably did the same thing. And what is their gonna, their proposal going to say or their marketing deck going to say that's different than yours? And why did they pick that? You know, so then you start to think about that. I mean, and, you know, everybody, there's always something that you can bring to the table that something may not. There's well, I always kind of look can. at it, too, like... So, you know, a lot of people look at, at marketing right now and, and things that, you know, your your average racer who's probably trying to get into this right now, how am I selling myself? And they're probably like, well, I got this many Facebook followers and this many Twitter followers and this many Instagram followers. What if those programs go away tomorrow? What do you have? Yep. 
So you need to be really diverse. You need to be able to figure out how to email market. You need to be able to figure out how to build an audience on several different platforms. You know, one of the first things we did when I kind of took my role was, hey, we're going to start a podcast. And and honestly, didn't know what the hell I was doing. We got two lab mics and plugged them into a computer and said, just go talk to people. And oh, well, were you in my, were you in my brain? Was, yeah. You know, we're yeah. 60. Yeah, were you were you in our office when were you in our production meeting when you did that? Because it sounded something similar to like Cam and I plug this in here, turn that switch on. Yeah, Don, yeah, and that, that, Don, but Don, I can't hear you, Don, I can't hear you. <laughs> but that's how it works, and, and you know, to get started, you spend maybe what a hundred bucks on some loud mics and something to plug into your computer, and next thing you know. You know, for a little bit more money, you can get real nice mics and <laughs> and some really nice equipment. Your stuff sounds a hundred times better. And you know, at one point we were, you know, my initial goal was, hey, I hope we get a hundred people to listen to this. And then it was, I hope we get five hundred people to listen to this. And now, you know, if we can get a thousand people to listen to this, man, wouldn't that be awesome? And now you get to those numbers and you're like, all right, what's next? And whether it's YouTube, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch. LinkedIn. There's a hundred different platforms, but the one thing I will say is what if they go away tomorrow? What are you still doing to provide value to your other partners? Because you don't own those platforms. <laughs> no, You may own no. the channel of the platform, but you don't own the platform. And with the way the algorithms are moving around, what you think you're doing that, you know, is successful. Uh, and the next thing you know, it's not. And, and we've talked about that internally with ourselves because we had great numbers doing certain things. And then all of a sudden, we tried something. And it's like, well, why is that not working? Where, where's our? Well, like, we're not working with the algorithm, right? You know, and it's always yeah. a struggle from that. Yeah, well, but you got to realize, you got to look at something too. That I, I got a piece of advice a long time ago from a guy that I always, it kind of always stuck with me because, like you said, it, all this stuff could go away tomorrow. Podcasts, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. But if you sit back and you ask yourself, because we're all unique individuals, I don't care if you're Tony Stewart, Don O'Neill, Cameron Frey, or whatever. Each one of us has something that the other person doesn't have, right? Yeah, 100%. You know, so you have to ask yourself, what can I put in my deck or what can I tell this sponsor? Hey, you know, I did this or I was this or I was the youngest to do this or I was the oldest to do this or, or whatever that thing is. That next person might not have that and it has nothing to do with social media or, or whatever, right? Like, you know. Well, Don talks about Clint Boyer, right? And I love Clint. I am a former yep. Clint PR guy. And, you know, Clint is a unique animal, uh, to put it as, as easy as you can. But Clint, <laughs> when I was working as his PR guy, he said, the one thing I want to be able to, when I, when I see people who, who want to be a fan of me or who don't know me at all, the one thing I want them to know is they want to have a beer with me. <laughs> Hell yeah. And, and he accomplishes that. That's exactly who Clint Boyer is. And then on the other side of that, you have Kevin Harvick, who's, you know, I was also his PR guy for a while, extremely polished, extremely, uh, I would say in some ways, I, I say polished in one sentence and the next, in the next sentence I say gritty because he's, you know, from the streets of Bakersfield, California, which, which may seem like, you know, glitz and glamour to, to folks who don't know what it is, but there's parts of Bakersfield that are a little rough. I mean, uh, Yeah. <laughs> and and if you see where he grew up and you see the house that he grew up in and you see the school he went to and all that stuff, you understand why he is the way that he is and and why, you know, he wins as much as he does and why he approaches things the way that he does. And same thing with, you know, whether it's Cole Custer or Eric Amarola or Chase Briscoe, 
they're all so unique. There's not one of them that's the same. And they all bring a little bit different something to the table. And each one of their partners that they work with gravitate towards that one quality that those guys have, whether it's being a family man, whether it's being a joker, whether it's being the businessman, whether it's being the rookie guy coming up, whether it's, you know, Chase Briscoe, who's still trying to come up and he's knocking off wins every weekend right now, you know, but those partners that sign up on that stuff, they want to be part of the ride. They want to be part of the, you know, the climb and the journey. And then there's other partners that are like, hey, man, we've been a part of the climb and the journey. We want to we want the fruits of the labor. (laughs) Yeah, we just want to go straight to the top. Yeah, absolutely. But no matter if you're a regional racer, you're sitting at home listening to this and you're like, man, this guy's talking about stuff. I have no clue what he's talking about and how he's talking about it. The one thing I can tell you is find out who you are and, and work towards that, you know, reverse engineer it, if you will. And it's funny, Cole Custer. Um, I was doing fill in PR for him for his first truck win in New Hampshire. And he walked into the radio room with Claire B. Lang and, and Cole, if you met him at that point in his life, he was like maybe 16 years old, 17 years old, scared of his own shadow. didn't know who he was. And he sat down next to Claire B. Lang on Sirius NASCAR radio, nationwide broadcast all over the place. And Claire, Claire goes, Cole, who are you? And Cole's like, I'm not sure. (laughs) I don't know who I am yet because I'm not old enough to figure it out yet. Um, and so you, you know, but that transparency is also refreshing where you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm super young. I don't know who I am yet, but I'm going to figure it out. And when I figure it out, we'll get there. And, you know, I, I think there's something to be said for that, but, um, you know, everybody has their own story and their own, own way of going about stuff. And if you're, you know, uh, if you're coming up and you're trying to differentiate yourself, don't be something you're not. Don't be the, you know, don't be the hard ass. If you're not the hard ass, <laughs> you know, if you're a nice guy, be the nice guy. That's perfectly fine. People, you know, people gravitate towards that. For every Dale Earnhardt, there's a Jimmy Johnson. And for every, you know, Jimmy Johnson, there's a Tony Stewart. Um, so be who you are and, and, and let that work for you. I, I, you know, we talk about Clint all the time. You look at the brands that associate themselves with Clint Boyer. It's DeKalb which is a, you know, a seed company for, for corn. It's, uh, you know, rush truck center. So it's trucking, it's farm equipment. Uh, you know, Bush ran that for the farmer's paint scheme earlier this year. And we're doing some farm rescue stuff in Kansas. And man, there's nobody better than a hobby farmer from Kansas who drives a race car, who has a seed company as his partner, who, who appeals to truck drivers that you want in that situation. That's, that's all true blue who Clint Boyer is. You know, if you go to his house and you walk through the front door you know, that's 100% who that guy is. Um, and so those partners gravitate towards that. And, and there's, that's awesome. That's what you want. You want things that are natural fits that people want to be a part of. And, you know, whether you're winning every weekend or if you're just trying to figure out how to win, or if you're just trying to figure out how to get the top 10, you know, there's, there's people out there that want to be a part of the ride. Couldn't agree more with that. And I don't think that's a better right there. Being part of the ride gonna ride you right on in the manscape moment of the week cameron you got anything you, over there dude are you gonna give it to your boy again no not gonna give it to kyle larson he fell off his rocker a little bit there but he did win recently <laughs> this week on another night but we cannot give it to kyle two weeks in a row but i can give what the do manscaped, you got manscape moment of the week is going to the organization world of outlaws is they have announced that they are going to do on-site COVID testing with their events. I think that is an awesome move by their staff, marketing team, leadership group. Dude, 
I am totally. They should add that. male. They should add male hygiene to you know see if the boys are manscaped. Why uh, why they're doing the COVID testing? It could be a two for one. It could totally be. We could check out testicular cancer, which most men don't like to talk about it, but Manscaped donates money to it. Get yourself the lawnmower. Go over to Manscaped.com, I-R-R-C, and you can be just like Cam and be Manscaped up. Hey, man, that's that's what the Kelly boys are all about. Just saying. You know, it works out. Your girlfriend will like it, too. No accidents on the 4th of July. Let it be fireworks accidents. Yeah, let, not just blow your, movements. That's right. Just blow your fingers off. Don't 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 uh, <laughs> don't ruin the weekend, you know. Don't ruin that nice that nice fresh uh manscapeness before you uh, go out to the beach and oh wait, beaches are closed, so maybe not. Well, whatever. Whatever you're finding on Tinder, what you know, you just want to always be prepared. <laughs> What what do they say? Swipe left, swipe yeah. right. I I don't understand. Whichever way you I'm want there. to swipe, just make sure you're using the lawnmower 3.0. Is all I'm telling you. And that's right. And for our folks down under, we are shipping to Australia. Started this week. Shipping to Canada last week. Manscape.com. Use the discount code R I R C for a huge discount and free shipping for those of you that are not in America. And I mean, it's Canada Day, so hell. I mean, there's your discount code for uh, for the day, even though this is gonna come out on Saturday. It don't matter. Get yourself a discount. Try it out. Just saying. All right, Ryan. I want to move into the topic. So we talk about the fact that you've worked with a lot of different companies. Stuart Haas Racing has enormous partners, right? They got some of the best blue chips. They got mid levels. Where where does the bar fall that Stuart Haas says, okay, you know, re- realistically, you're a cup-level organization, you're an Xfinity-level organization, or you're down here in the truck level? How are we, you know, what's like the, you know, are you punching into annual sales? Are you looking at? market space footprint how how are you guys and your team looking at those companies that are coming in that's a great question uh, uh we're we've been very fortunate because a lot of our partners have, have been with us for a while now um but uh we are we do have a renewed focus on sales as i think everybody should probably right now in, in the way the world is going um but I would say probably our most, our two most recent partners that we brought in, um, we're both in the Xfinity series side and that, that's cause that's where the attention needed to be, um, in order to keep that car on the track with Chase Briscoe this year. So the Ford performance racing school got, you know, they, they came to us. Chase has been a Ford development driver for a long time, but the Ford performance racing school is different than Ford motor company. Um, and they have a spot out in Utah, but they had just opened a facility in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and so, uh, they, they run schools out of, uh, you know, Charlotte Motor Speedway in, in Concord, right up the road from our shop. Um, Chase being a development driver there, the dollars and everything kind of lined up where they were going to go chase, go with Chase because that was important to them to be a part of the growth and and, and be a part of that that ride. Um, and then High Point, High Point's another partner of ours uh, that kind of came on with Chase this year. And the story behind it is actually kind of funny. Chase was in Las Vegas um, and or is him and his dad, they were out actually uh, celebrating something um, and they were walking out of a restaurant and the CEO of High Point 
was uh, walking in and saw Chase Briscoe's dad's shirt, and the guy is a race fan, um, and also a very, very intelligent businessman. Um, and he ran into Chase's dad, saw Chase's shirt, or saw his, Chase's image on his dad's shirt, and said, "Oh, Chase Briscoe." And they got to talking for a second. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm Chase's dad." And the guy's like, "Man, I'm, I would love to to potentially do something there. Uh, my company is is HighPoint.com, based out of you know out of New Jersey." Um, and it started a conversation and, and high point is they are very particular about who they represent or who represents them, uh, and, and who they are, are represented by. Um, you know, they're, they're very, uh, focused on values. If you know anything about chase, chase is a, a fairly religious guy himself. Um, so that it lined up really well there and, and they wanted to be part of something where they gave somebody a shot to fulfill their dreams. And, and Chase was kind of in that world where he was trying to go fulfill his dream. Um, so could, could High Point have gone and been a cup sponsor somewhere if they wanted to? Probably. Um, but they wanted Chase Briscoe and they wanted to be part of the Xfinity Series ride, get their foot in the door. And, and that's a business to business deal that, you know, they, they are at the racetrack or were up until earlier this year uh, to make connections with different folks and, and find out ways to make a realistic business case that, that we should be here. Uh, we are race fans, but uh, we also know that there's business to be done and it's up to us to go out there and do that business and, and make those connections. So in both of those cases, it's a little bit different world in terms of how it came together because Ford Performance Racing School, like I said, had just opened a place right up the street from our, our shop. Chase is a Ford development driver, uh, and there was some need to keep him on the racetrack for Ford to keep developing him. And High Point was just honestly happenstance. And, and it sounds so, you know, there's probably some person at home listening right now who's like, you've got to be kidding me that that's how that came together. They, you know, his dad walking out of a restaurant runs into a guy and that's how it works. But that's the reality of the situation. Sometimes that's the way it works. Um, you know, and there's other people that we've probably spent hours and years and months trying to persuade to be a partner. And for one reason or another, it doesn't happen. And, you know, you can be 99.9% prepared, but that 1% of luck might win out sometimes. A hundred percent. I mean, that I, I always tell everybody when they ask me, you know, what do you do? Or it's like, I always tell them, always tell, make sure the person you're talking to, you don't know if they're the CEO or if they're the guy that doesn't have two quarters to rub together and you're sitting in a bar and you're just chit chatting. You always make sure you tell somebody what you're doing and where you're going. You don't have to brag just what you do because, because you never know that guy sitting next to you could be the CEO of whoever. And next thing you know, Hey, I'm interested in doing that. Here's my card. And, and all you did was just having a conversation with a guy at a bar. But if you didn't say, oh, I'm a, I'm a drag racer aspiring to turn pro or, or I'm a circle track racer, I'm looking to go NASCAR or whatever, like, they're never going to know. They're just going to think you're some punk kid at the at the bar trying to get a beer. 100%. The other thing is, is like, if you walked into a bar right now and you saw Tony Stewart or Gene Haas, our two co-owners sitting at a bar, chances are they would be in a jeans and a t-shirt, probably scruff on their face. And, and that's kind of the corporate culture that we have to a certain degree because, you know, racers and machinists and, you know, that if you ran into either one of those two guys, I don't think you'd have any clue who they were or what they did or how they, you know, how they operate. But they're two of the most, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say charitable, <laughs> but giving people when it comes to uh the fact, and they are charitable to a large degree, but they they also want to be a part of this. They want to be a part of, you know, 
Gene Haas could easily go sell the races that have Haas Automation on his car, but he also wants to see his name and his company represented in the Daytona 500. He wants to see his company and his name represented in certain places because it's a true marketing expense for him. It's not just a team ownership deal. You know, today, I, I know this is going to air on Saturday, but, you know, it's, it's July 1st, and this might be one of the biggest days in Haas Automation's history because they just re- launched an entirely new business, HaasTooling.com, where... Oh, wow. If you have a machine and you're buying a machine, a Haas CNC machine, you used to have to go buy your your tooling from somebody else. Well, Haas figured out a way to do the tooling and ship it direct, buy direct. It's Haas tested, Haas proven. It's got a Haas name on it. You know, it's uh, something that people know and love. And Gene's here because it's it's his job to, you know, not his job. It's his company to promote. And so he wants to let people know, hey, you can get you can get this parts and pieces from us as well as the machines from us. And if I raise my market share one half of one percent nationally, it pays for my NASCAR program time time again. So it it one hundred percent is a legitimate marketing expense and in and a legitimate marketing program. And and we're here to sell machines, and now we're here to sell tools along with those machines. Um, but to your point, you never know who you're going to meet at a bar. You never know what you're going to do or how you're going to come across it. And it could be walking out of a restaurant where you're going to get you know chicken wings or a pizza. And you could run into the guy that might fund your deal for the next two, three, five, seven, ten, twelve, however many years it is. And and that's just the reality of the situation. And, you know, right now I would say Stuart Haas racing for the first time in a long time has probably put a, a more renewed focus on sales. And you might say this is probably the most unusual time to do that because of everything that's going on in the world. No one's trying to go out there and spend money. But now's an opportunity time. You know, you can say no one's no one's spending money right now. Well, we just won an Xfinity race last weekend. We won a cup race last weekend. We finished second. We had three cars in the top seven. We were going to Indianapolis where we're the defending Brickyard 400 winners. We're running an uh, Xfinity car on the on the infield thing there. We got points leaders in, in cup. We got points leaders in Xfinity. We got eSports guys that are, you know, winning races right now and qualifying for championships. So we're still winning. We're still producing. We're still doing all the stuff that we need to do. And, and no other sport out there is doing that right now. So, you know, baseball's not playing at the moment. Basketball's not playing at the moment. Football's not playing because it's not in season. Hockey's not quite back to you. But there's a lot of companies out there right now that have dollars to spend for marketing that are trying to make up ground in a, in a tough spot. And now's the time to do it. And so if, you know, you may think it's the most ridiculous time in the world to call a company and ask for money, but you never know until you do. Wait a minute. All, Hold I can on. Say is, you, all I can say is no. Wait a minute. I heard Ryan say that. Ryan, I heard you say, you mean to tell me Stuart Haas Racing has employees that are out there looking for sales and business deals and marketing sponsorships, and you guys get told no? Often. Yeah. Yeah. What? It's a, hey, it's, what? NASCAR every, team? You guys get told no? Everybody gets told no. You know, Exactly. You, Everybody gets told no. And, and it's that's, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not the typically the sales guy. And I say that kind of half heartedly because everybody's in sales no matter what you're doing. Um, it, you may say you're not a sales guy. You may say you're not this, that, or the other thing. But if you want the lights turned on tomorrow, you're going to be a sales guy to a certain degree. Um, so, yeah, of course, everybody gets turned down. Everybody, you know, and here's the other thing. There's other opportunities. Someone might have knocked on our door today and said, here's a boatload of money and it might be the wrong fit. And we're going to say, no, this isn't the right fit. Like, I don't think we can hit, I don't think we can hit the the goals that you're trying to do. 
And if we can't do that, I'm not going to lead you down the wrong path. I'm not going to take your money and give you a bad experience and send you on your way because that that makes people sour on the sport. It makes people sour on you. If you're not, you know, if you don't have integrity, then what what the hell are we doing? So, you know, if if I don't believe I can do what you're asking me to do, I'm going to tell you that. And and I don't care if you have bags and bags of money or not. If it's not the right fit, it's not the right fit. Yep. Don't overpromise, people. <laughs> what? Where'd we find this guy at? He should have been on the show a long time ago. I know. We talk about it all the time about racers that ruin companies because they, you know, they just take, 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 take. They don't ever give. They don't ever fulfill. And then it ruins it for other people. And it ruins that company's strategy or, you know. I'll tell you, there's a company that I love. Right, they're right there in North Carolina with you. I love them. Our the own, JB's family, the RV dealership spends an absorbent amount of money with this company. I love them to death, but they had a bad experience in NASCAR, like a trillion decades ago, and the family will not, will not get involved back into motorsports because they had such a bad experience. And well, let me tell you, the, yeah, let me tell you this because this is one of those things that irritates me to no end, and, and, and it's not anything that you said or anything that you did. But uh, in looking at this, that that is that story has been told so many times because early two thousands, right? People were banging down the door of NASCAR and motorsports to try and get in because that was the hot ticket. And there's a rule at NASCAR, and if you ever hear NASCAR, they used to announce fines and rules and everything else. And one of the, the things they used to say all the time is actions detrimental to stock car or auto racing was like the the number one penalty that you got no matter what, what rule you broke. There are so many people, <laughs> so many teams that should have all fallen under that category because when the money was good, nobody invested it. Nobody, no, the, It wasn't about the experience. It was, hey, we're going to take your money. You're going to be on our car, and we're going to go on the way. But it gave so many people a bad taste of what we do and how we do it. It gave so many people a bad experience. It's just like when they built grandstands and, and you know, Charlotte Motor Speedway, for instance, used to seat 165,000 people. There was, you know, grandstands on the backstretch. Well, what you don't realize, if you go to a racetrack and you're sitting in the grandstands on the backstretch, you're a mile and a half from wherever you want to be. And <laughs> you're not looking at the video board. You're not getting a great experience. You're not by the souvenir rigs. And it's not a good experience. And if it's not a good experience, people don't come back. And so by tearing down those grandstands and consolidating where that stuff is and giving people a better experience and giving them, you know, bigger, bigger TV screens or video boards to look at during the race, giving them better audio and, you know, equipment so you can listen to the drivers, giving them a better hospitality experience, giving them better parking, giving them better concessions and making it a better experience, it all makes it better for everybody. And it's it's not just in the, you know, that's the customer side of things, but now you're also talking about the sponsorship side of things. There is a time in the sport where, you know, I used to work with somebody a long time ago and he said, you know, when we started this company, there was two of us and we couldn't answer the phones fast enough and we could dictate the terms. That's not the way it is anymore. You know, when people come to us, you know, we talk about, you know, we get told no a lot. Everybody gets told no a lot. But we also have a ton of people that had really bad experiences because of where the sport was at, and 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 they they could, which is a really crappy thing to say. Even if you could, that doesn't mean you should. And you should treat people and make sure that people get what they want out of whatever it is that they're doing. Because if they don't, they don't come back, and that ruins it for everybody. 
We had uh, we had Jamie Meyer on, who's now the president of PRI, a couple weeks ago, and hearing him talk about, you know, we're talking about things, you know, because he used to be involved with GM, and he was like, "Do it for free." When he ma- when he made that bullet point about, you know, tell a sponsor, tell a company that you're gonna do it for free, and I'm like. That's the kind of that's the time when you get a company that's just been soured so bad that you're trying it's like you almost have to tell them that you're going to do it for free knowing that you're going to kill it for them and it's going to be awesome and they're going to wish that they had been involved prior but you you have to do it for free to get them to come back it's it's just amazing there's so many horrific stories out there about what's been done uh, that it makes it difficult for for this generation. It's going to make it f- difficult for generations to come. Yeah, and this is the other thing. You know, I, we everybody has a contract when you come in and sign something, and, and those contract terms are, you know, they're, they're in black and white, and you can enforce them if you need to. But there's a lot of times you don't need to enforce them. If somebody asks for something and it's not in the contract, but it it makes sense, do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it if it makes the deal better for somebody, it's not going to give them a bad taste in their mouth. You know, I, we obviously you try and fulfill against a contract because that's how people establish what is a success in most cases or what what their value is, or how it's derived and all that kind of stuff. But what can you do to one up it? What can you do to make the experience better? What can you do to leave someone? You know, it's people say all the time, you know, your first day of anything is oftentimes your best day of whatever it is. And your, and your last day of something where you're nostalgic about it is also, you know, the greatest portion of it. What's well, that part in the middle that you want to leave people feeling great about? <laughs> you want them to know that no matter what we did for you along the way or however it worked out, there was a great experience from the first day I walked in to every single day. I look forward to seeing that person. I look forward to talking to that person. I look forward to the ideas and the communication and the, you know, the execution that you get out of that stuff. And then the last day, everything runs its course. At, at some point or another, a, a program is going to end. And, and it doesn't have to end on bad terms. It doesn't have to end on great terms always. But you hope it does. But there's a life cycle for everything. And when it reaches the end of that life cycle, you want someone to be like, man, why are we stopping? Right. <laughs> we, we, should, we still want to be a part of this. We, and, you know, there's partners that have been here for a long time that have left that we still reach out to regularly just to chat and just say, hey, man, I know it's not the time, but, you know, you never know when the right time is going to be. We're right. still here. We're still yeah. here. All right. Well, before we before we wrap this up, I got one more quick question and I had it wrote down. I want to make sure I get it out here. You talked a little bit about the fact of the social media platforms and that we don't own them. If you had to sit down and put pen, pencil to paper and say, when you're looking at partnership deals, you know, it's 35% at track, it's 25% social media, it's 10%, you know, B2B, uh, it's, you know, hospitality, it's show car program. Where do you, where do you internally with inside Stuart Haas Racing, do you see the greatest you know, leverage point, and then where do you see the areas where you don't put a lot of emphasis into, but you feel like it may start going that direction? That's a super interesting and, and kind of tough question because, as we talked about earlier, I don't think any partner has a every partner that we have is different, and I can tell you this for one hundred percent certainty. So, you know, 
Anheuser-Busch, for instance, you see them do lots of special paint schemes, lots of crazy stuff. The millennial paint scheme, they, they do stuff to mix it up, be funny, be entertaining, to break through the clutter. And then you have other partners that are there strictly for a business-to-business meeting, and, and they want to they want to sell a bunch of stuff or, or build relationships within the space. We have people that want to sell franchises. We have people that you know want to build name awareness. So there's not one answer. To, to be honest with you, there's there's a lot of different areas that we can grow and, and that we can get better at. But when I was talking about social media earlier, and I said, what if it goes away tomorrow? Well, for a weird way that's kind of what happened to us as a sport this year we you know earlier in march midway through the season they said you can't go to a racetrack anymore so how do you adapt so all of a sudden we had esports stuff going left and right you had more esports going than i could shake a stick at but we still had one point you know, over a, over one million people tuning in every sunday to watch on fox or fs1 or whatever it was esports and you know some of those some of the ratings on that NASCAR now has, you know, five of the top six rated esports events of all time because they were prepared. They had a group of willing participants that said, oh, man, our our currency just went away. Our ability to reach our fan base just went away. What do we do next? And everybody I've never seen a whole industry gravitate towards one thing so quickly in order to, to, to survive, for lack of a better way to put it. But you really got to look at that. Like what happens if tomorrow? Everything goes away. What do you do? And I, I kind of kind of look at marketing like that as, as a whole. Yeah, well, we were over here pissing and moaning because we didn't have esports for NHR. <laughs> so tr- trust me when we say, yep, we were over here. We actually had a, we actually had a guest on to have to talk about iRacing. Uh, like, like I, was, uh, I was just flabbergasted by the amount of money that people could win. And but then also flabbergasted by the amount of money that people could invest into these i racing rigs and so forth. I was like, oh yeah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and so we we're actually in two esports leagues right now, right? We're in an i racing league, the Coca Cola i racing series, which NASCAR runs, and then there's another one. It's called the NASCAR Heat Pro League, um, which is console based. So you have the guys that are in the computer side, and then you have the guys that are console, Xbox, PlayStation, that kind of stuff. Our, our guy tonight, Matthew Selby, racing at Eldora Speedway in in the NASCAR Heat Pro League, he just won two grand tonight um, because he won the one race. And by the end of the year, he could end up winning, and probably if he wins the whole championship, another you know, well, I think it's forty, fifty grand, something like that. So those guys, that's that's real money. Uh, I say, that's, that's that's not fake money. That that's not that Bitcoin that you talk about. No, that's <laughs> that's, that's cash money. <laughs> yeah. So those guys every week, and they race, you know, once a week, and every time they race, they have a chance to make two grand um, if they win the race uh, and qualify for the championship. You qualify for the championship, then you get the big payday. So it's it's a that's it's cool. a different deal. But um, you know, the the I kind of joked earlier about having like sim rigs ready at the go for when everything shut down. But you know. People talk about all the time, uh, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Well, we just had these, you know, we were 100% lucky because we had those available to us because we had just kind of started down that path a minute ago. But the opportunity presented itself, and we were super prepared and ready to go because of that. And so, you know, these things like, you know, iRacing I at the beginning of the year, if, if I, I went to my boss and said, hey, we're going to build two iRacing sim rigs, and we're going to get into this iRacing series. And he was like, what are you doing? Like, what boondoggle is this that you're going to throw us into? And then a month later, he was like, 
As a matter of fact, we have these here sim rigs right here. (laughs) (laughs) Out of out of 285 people at the time that were employed at Stuart Haas Racing, our esports group of five people, and I say five people, it's literally like two or three of us that kind of typically work on it on any regular, and I conclude myself in that group that work on it on any given say day and time. Out of 285 people, there were six of us that were still working at one point in time this summer working because you couldn't build race cars. You couldn't send them to the racetrack. We weren't doing hospitality events. We weren't doing all that, you know, engineering and all that stuff. Those guys were all sitting at home and we had esports stuff going on. And so you never know what's going to click. You never know when it's going to click, how it's going to click. But if you're prepared, man, it goes a long way in a hurry. Who's getting the five-star employee review for this quarter? Just asking. <laughs> Just asking. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Our esports crew, at one point in time, they were designing cars uh, not only for the big shows, but they were designing shows for the weekly shows where our guys were competing just to get ready for the big shows on the weekend. Uh, they were reaching out to the different sanctioning bodies, making sure that we knew all the rules of who was getting in, when they were getting in, how they were getting in. And, man, I, I honestly, probably the end of March, beginning of April, was working more hours on our esports program than I was working going into Daytona to try and get ready for the 500 to give you a perspective on how that all worked. Well, it was it was huge. We watched. We participated. We were over here drooling and going, God, we wish we had that. So Yeah, but well, I, it, it does go right back to that social media thing, though, that I said, like, what happens if it all goes away? What what can you still do? What and and you got to be able to adapt in a second. This year, how this year has come together, we spent I spent with my team and and all the partners that we had six months last year trying to put together what this what this year was going to look like, and we get through the first four or five races of the year, the West Coast swing for people that pay attention to NASCAR. So you start off at Daytona, you go to the West Coast for three weeks. As soon as we get back from the West Coast, it's like this big sigh of relief, like hey, we made it through the start of the year, and you can kind of start executing that plan more and more and more. And as soon as we got back, it was like, take that plan that you spent six months working on and throw in the trash because we're not going to the same racetracks. We're not going to the, at the same time of year. We're not going to, like new dates, new tracks, new times, new part, like everything had to change. And so you had to readjust and be flexible enough to do that again in, in a hot minute. And as we're sitting here today, it's again, I'm going to date myself here a little bit on your podcast. It's, it's July 1st, right? I don't know any race that is happening on the NASCAR Cup Series schedule past august 2nd so in a month from now i don't know what's coming i don't know where our cars are going i don't know who's what you know we're still trying to line up partners and get back on track and everything else in the meantime nascar you know adam stern on the sbj tweets this week we're petitioning the state of new york so we can go race at watkins Glen because people from north carolina need a 14-day waiver (laughs) you know they need to quarantine for 14 days before we go into the state um you know we're, we're going to some of these places coming up next where texas and you know uh Daytona and Phoenix is where our championship race is. If you're reading the news, some of the stuff is concerning to a certain degree. And there's a reason I don't know what is coming after July or after August 2nd. So, you know, like I said, you spent this entire year building this plan out. You get past March, you throw it all away, you start again, you build it out for the next five or six weeks where we ran 17 races in two minutes. <laughs> and then we're going to have to do the same thing again here within 30 days. And that's how our year has gone. And I've never seen anything like it. And I don't expect to ever see anything like it again. But, man, has it been a whirlwind of just chaos. 
<laughs> but the experience factor, that's what that's what it's all about. And wait a minute, hold on, it's that cliche that applies to everybody, right? That's why you get paid the big bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that. That's why I have the like best that. staff in motorsports working with me. I promise there you. you go. If, I, I couldn't there. do nearly what I do without without the group behind me that is doing everything that we do every day. Because that, that the crew the crew that we have is is literally second to none and I'll stand by that every day of the week because their, their ability to adjust on the fly. And a lot of them are new people to our team and new positions that one guy started his first day was the Daytona 500 this year. He moved his moved, you know, from St. Louis, Missouri down to North Carolina. He was in the shop for about a month, got his feet under him. And then we're like, all right, man, go home and I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Wow. I mean, he still works for us. He's still working every day, but it's not what he signed up for, for sure. Right. Um, wow. And, you know, I think, you know, most of the people in my marketing staff that we work with that that kind of work in my group, most of them have, have only been there a couple of years. So it's not a long term group. We had a pretty big changeover a couple of years ago. Uh, we built a new team. We, we kind of hit the ground running. Everybody was just starting to hit their stride and roll. And then all of a sudden the world changed. And so. You know, I couldn't be prouder of the group I have, and I couldn't do I, I couldn't do ninety nine percent of the stuff that we do on a daily basis if it was just me trying to figure it out. I told these guys before I don't know I don't even know how to submit a submit a paint scheme to NASCAR for approval because I'm a PR guy that just happened to now lead a marketing team. So I'm very very thankful that I have the team that I do that knows so much more than I do uh, to make me look better than I am. I had a general tell me one time in a. In confidence, he said, I don't have to be the smartest person in the room. I just need the smartest people in the room to make me look smart. One hundred percent. And and I'm very fortunate I am I am not often the smartest person in the room that I am in. Uh, and I I try and soak up everything I can from the people that I'm with. I read a quote from Draymond Green, I'm a Michigan State guy, and he a player for the Golden State Warriors, and he said one of the best pieces of advice he ever got was be the dumbest person in every room you're in. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And most, I don't know, some people will probably say Draymond might, you know, like legitimately qualify to be the dumbest person in the room. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. If you, if you look uh, at what he's done in the time he's done there, he's, he's won championships at about every level. I know. I know. I think it's some of the <laughs> other stuff that I just shake my head about. But nonetheless, nonetheless. Well, Ryan, before we let you go, because we kept you on much longer than we intended but it's, it's I'm sorry. Like I, I, I drag on. I drag on more than I need to. No, 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 no. And I don't know. It's the. It's refreshing from the experience. And I probably actually have like four more questions down here. But you know, Cam's got a kid to feed, so I can't. <laughs> I can't keep him on here another hour. Um, before we let you go, everybody has to go through the racers and rental cars gauntlet of two questions. You get to send one Christmas card to somebody in motorsports. Dead or alive, who are you sending it to? Oh, man. Uh, that's a heck of a question. Uh, this is going to sound super, super cliche, uh, but it would honestly be Dale Earnhardt. And the reason I say that is because I have worked with so many people that have worked around him that I never, I didn't come into the sport until years and years later. But when I was at MWR, I worked with Ty Norris. I worked with Michael Waltrip. Now, I, you know, I worked with Kevin Harvick for five years or seven years now, I guess, in the role I'm in now. Um, and all these guys that that literally you look at the day or you look at that time period of the transition of everything that happened there. I never 
I know about as much as probably anybody out there in terms of what happened in, in through meeting all the people that are been, have been there and all the people that may have known him or done different things. But I coming to the sport late and not growing up in the sport, um, man, that'd be a fascinating one. I like it. Dale Earnhardt gets his first one. Yeah. And that's the first Heck time yeah. Dale Earnhardt's came up on the, on the podcast with a Christmas card. So give him his check mark. All right. Here's the one that always stumps everybody and don't understand why. You get to send one WTF card to anybody in motorsports. Who are you sending it to? Ooh. Man. Uh. <laughs> the problem is I typically send them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, that's uh, even better. They know it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Um man, I I I you, you talk about being stumped. Um uh kind of, here comes the PR skills. No, I'm not, I'm not even going to duck this one. Uh, I'll I'll figure it out. I just don't know it right off the top of my head. Uh Damn, you got that yeah. many? <laughs> <laughs> No, it'd probably be most of the drivers I've worked with in the past because they've looked at me and given me that look. And it, you know, <laughs> whether it's a, a Clint Boyer where he's, you know, we talked about this before, being a SPR guy when he went running by me in Phoenix uh, to chase after Jeff Gordon uh, or, you know, missing something on a schedule or something like that. He's definitely one of the guys that I'd probably give that to. Ah, uh, there we go. There you go. Clint, Clint, Clint gets the WTF. He, yeah. Which, it, honestly, he'd probably do the same thing to me. So we're even. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah, that I will put that on the list. Last or earlier this year, I was able to go to the O'Reilly Conference down in Texas, and Clint Boyer and I were literally seventy yards away from each other, and I never got a chance to go over and just say hello. Just and he's a because great, he, he is he is a great guy, and he's a barrel of laughs. And someone used to say, "How do you control that guy?" I was like, "You don't. You just wind him up and let him go." <laughs> That's exactly right. Because anything he does, any content he builds is going to be golden. Yep. That's just, yep. You know, that's it. Well, Ryan, hey, we always let our guests tell our listeners anywhere that they can track, follow, contact, see what's going on in the world. Where do they need to go see Ryan Barry? Um, honestly, the I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on. Twitter. I'm on all those platforms that you could possibly be on. Uh, our guys do a podcast as well, the Stuart Haas Radio Podcast. The Stuart Haas, you know, channels across that stuff. But if you want to follow me personally or any of that kind of stuff, you know, LinkedIn's a great place to find me, Ryan Berry. Um, uh, I'm on there probably more so than any other social platform because that is the one social platform for Stuart Haas that I kind of populate with with things so if you if you think i'm doing a bad job let me know if you think i'm doing a good job let me know that here. <laughs> i like it what was the name of your podcast for our listeners so they can go check that out on Stuart haas because you talked you said that you guys are doing backstories of your employees is is who your guests are correct yeah, it's most of them. We've done a, we've kind of diversified a little bit this year. Last last week we had Eric Amarola on. This week we have Tim Fedua, who's the spotter for Chase Briscoe and Kevin Harvick. Um, so he actually had a pretty good week uh, and is hoping to have a better week this week in Indy. Um, and we've done car chiefs, crew chiefs. We've done, done our travel coordinator, our graphic designer. Um, anyone pretty much uh, old modified racers that work in our shop now. We've kind of run the gamut of everyone in our shop and, <clears throat> and who they are and what they do. Um, but if nothing else, it's, it's, uh, Mike McCarville, who's, who's our shock specialist on the number four car. 
uh, and Jake Morris, who's one of the guys that works on our marketing team, uh, and they they have been running it for the last year and a half or so, and, and it's just a great conversation, if nothing else. Uh, we don't try and get too crazy. We're not too controversial, but if you like to hear a bunch of racers talk or, or BS about what's coming, that's that's a great place to do it. And while you're at it, you check go. out your guys' podcast as well. So, well, well, we appreciate that. Thank you very much, and we hope our listeners stop by and download a couple episodes from the Stuart Haas camp. And uh, Ryan, with that, we're going to send you off. Thank you again for taking time out of your schedule. I know it's uh, holidays are here, and uh, all the best to you uh, this weekend for Stuart Haas Racing. And hopefully, we'll, uh, you know, maybe we'll cross paths sometime in september at charlotte during the ngk four wide nationals maybe we can get in touch and get you out to the drag races and you can uh, drop some of that social media and marketing partnership guru slang on the on the <laughs> absolutely and if you guys are in the area hopefully our shop will be open at some point in the next year or so <laughs> make sure you come yeah. over to the shop and check it out um, absolutely on that i am totally in on up. that yeah. yeah i got to i got to i got to go to uh tony's uh, sprint car play is is was it? I think it's just these are World of Outlaws stuff now, right? What is he got? Yeah, is all sorts. Do you have all star circuit of champions, World of Outlaws? He's yeah, dude, all of that it. that place. I got the behind the scenes tour from his dad at that place in Brownsburg. Nelson. It was it yeah. was badass. He's a cool cat. It yeah, was uh, it was uh, super cool. So yeah, I definitely yeah. have to go to the other stuff. So absolutely, thank you very much for uh, being on the show, and uh, you know, you're always welcome, and you know, definitely uh, we really really appreciate all of your expertise and uh, and i know all, all of our listeners do as well so no i can't thank you guys enough for inviting us on um and i'm i'm listening from here on out so yeah and if we put out some bad poop that you don't agree with just send us an email just drop a line let us know <laughs> hey don that's wrong wrong don wrong that's right, and for all you people out there that are listening, I know these guys probably aren't going to aren't, aren't going to tell you this, but it really helps when you go to like iTunes or one of those things and rate and review these things. <laughs> Let us know how we're doing. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Absolutely. absolutely. <coughs> Thank you. Thank very you very much. much. <laughs> all right, take care, Ryan. Have a Thanks, good guys. week. Have a good one, man. Dude, yeah, we should have well. totally We should have got him like a week ago, a month ago, two months ago, last year. <laughs> It's nice to hear people at that level that come on the show and can talk about the things at that level that we're still down here, you know, mid-level racing-wise that we're talking about and we're trying to impact our listeners and educate and to get somebody from that level, you know, just like having JTG, you know, having Paul on. Those people are, are talking the exact same things that you and I are, like, beating our heads against the wall trying to communicate with and it's nice to hear it from them absolutely you know what was cool about him um you know with ryan it almost felt like you know i've never met him but uh, he seems like a cool ass dude like he seems like Thanks, the kind man. of guy i'm actually just, still here oh okay yeah sweet um but what no, i didn't oh, i didn't know you guys were uh-oh. still there my phone oh yeah ah, my computer just died uh-oh all right well Oops. i'll catch you guys in a bit take care ryan Thanks, and man. Folks, that's how Cam answers and leaves the show. And for anybody that wants to um, sign in, I'm still looking for guest hosts. Um, they can send their resumes and soundtracks to hate mail at racersandrentalcars.com. You can, if you want to uh, 
interview to be a guest host because you know if you can operate a computer better than Cam can, then hey, 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 I'm back now. Oh, here we go. Yeah, no, my my I, my battery just died on my computer. Sorry, man. But and yeah. and people don't don't ever think about putting a power cord in there. Well, that's why I I see. Here's the thing. I I took apart my garage because we're moving, so it wasn't plugged in. I didn't realize it's plugged into the side of the computer, but not to the wall. <laughs> so. And folks, there is the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. Yep. There you go. Well, Cam, Cam, it was great to have Ryan. We it was it was an awesome time to have a long show. And that being said, man, it's Fourth of July coming up. I'm. Dude, it's Independence Day. I know you got your Canada Day over there. But, uh, man, this time next week, think about this. We're recording on Wednesday. This time next week, I'm going to be going to a racetrack. boy. Well, I don't think at this point in time I'll be there, but I will be there in spirit. So, um, unless things change within the next couple days. But I'll be there in spirit. So, well, well, you'll still be there in spirit. We'll we'll still have to do. Well, obviously, we'll have to record a podcast. Who knows? Maybe we'll have to do a jump in FaceTime, Facebook Live from the from the tower at, at the hollow grounds of Lucas Oil Raceway, otherwise known as Indy. As we there you go, kicking it off, kicking it off. Well, do dude, it. I'm done. I'm spent. Get us out of here. Well, you're spent. I mean, my computer's spent. That I, well, see, I didn't blow it up, but it died. So, um, I, yeah, I guess I'm done. But uh, yeah, I know. Honestly, before my computer died, uh, like I said, Ryan seems like a super cool dude and like kind of a guy you just want to have a beer with. So, um, hopefully, one day I'll get that chance. And uh, so, thank you to him and Stuart Haas for uh, for the time. And uh, yeah, but for all of you out there. Um, Don really, really could use another haircut. So you should probably go to racersandrentalcars.com, get yourself a hat, T-shirt, or a hoodie so he can afford that haircut because we all know he's spending all of his money on his race car because he's going racing next week. But before you do that, you could probably check out Lance at LB Trailer Sales so he can take that race car that he's doing and take it to Indy or you, whoever it is, going to the racetrack. Probably need a way to get it there. So get yourself a trailer from... Lance at LB Trailer Sales and fill it with a bunch of Motion Race Works parts made in the USA. Hit up Doug over there. Tell him we sent you. He'll hook you up. With that, I'm out of here too. I gotta go find the charger. See ya! Later! Thank you for downloading today's episode of Racers and Rental Cars Podcast. Brought to you by MotionRaceWorks.com Stop by MotionRaceWorks.com for all of your high-performance needs. If you need to go fast, motionraceworks.com. Hey, Cam. Yes, Don. Do you ever think about how crammed your trailer is when you go race? Dude, all the time. Race cars, golf carts, jets, power wheels, and all of his toys, his little dirt bikes, his strider bikes, all that stuff. I'm crammed. But I'm sure everybody in motorsports is feeling the same way. Well, now our audience has someone to call. They need to call Lance at lbtrailers.com. Lance is carrying over 70 motorsports haulers in stock options from top to bottom. We always talk about looking the part in motorsports, traveling up and down the road and at the track. Now you can look the part with LB Trailer Sales. Go to online to lbtrailers.com 
or stop by Facebook at LB Trailer Sales. You have a friend in the trailer business and make sure to tell them that Racers and Rental Cars sent you. Thank you for listening to the Racers and Rental Cars podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Motion Raceworks, Performance Data Systems, Streetway Marketing and Media, and Stupid Fast Racing, and racersandrentalcars.com.